This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, uh, let me just take this time to thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for the honor and the privilege to be speaking off the platform once again. And, and it's such an honor for me to do so. Today, my message is a tough message. It is a difficult message. And it is titled, Dealing with Difficult People. No, don't bump the person next to you right now and say, that's for you. Bump the person on the other side. No, I'm only kidding. So the title of our message this morning is Dealing with Difficult People. And I'm sure if I were to ask you, can you at least uh, uh, mention one or two on your, <laughs> you, you'll be able to say, I've got 10 fingers and I can, I can name them. Dealing with difficult people is sometimes very difficult, whether it's a partner, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a, a colleague at work, whether it's perhaps political party or someone that you know or don't know or whatever, or somebody you, you, you noticed on social media, but you inevitably going to find yourself dealing with difficult people. And many times you, the congregation, have come to us and asked us, Pastor Johnny, how do we deal with difficult people? Because this one offends me and what am I supposed to do? I mean, they really offended me. You know, it's okay if they offend other people. Then we can always say, brother, just forgive them. Just forgive them. But if they offend us, no, 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 that cannot go. So today, the message is dealing with difficult people. How do we deal with difficult people is the question. As I said, it is a tough message. And uh, you must probably say, Pastor Johnny, I'm so glad that you're dealing with, dealing with this because you need to tell them where they are going wrong, right? Can I get an amen for that? That's not going to happen. This is a message that's going to grow all of us. Amen. This is a message that's going to grow all of us. You see, in your attempt to change people all the time, you just make it worse. How many of you figured that out? I'm really going to tell them how I'm ticked off about that. And that doesn't work out well for you and for them. So there's got to be a different way of how we are to do this. The message is to grow people today. So I'm going to ask you to give me your heart this morning. Bill, you'll love this. Give me your heart this morning. I'm going to take good care of your heart. I'm going to hold it in my hands. And as I speak, I'm going to make sure that I don't crush you. That I don't punch you in the heart, but I'm going to hold your heart securely in my hands as I speak this morning as we deal with this subject. Is that okay with everybody? Good. So let's allow the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to do this. So by the way, if you've got your app open, you can follow on the app and fill in the blanks. If you need a copy of this message directly after the service, there's an audio version available free of charge. It's on the app and you can get it from there. So let's allow the Holy Spirit and the work and the word of God, sorry, to do the work here today. You see, here's the biggest thing that we need to notice. We keep trying to change others, but God wants to change us. I mean, how many of you figured that out? I mean, you always want to, you know, I've got a project, Pastor Johnny. I've got a project. I'm going to change him. I'm going to change her. You ain't going to do that. It's not going to work out for you. The more you try, the more you argue. 
And so there's got to be a different way. Now, the book of James is such a great book in the Bible. It is the half-brother of Jesus, and, 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 and it's referred to as the pastoral epistle of the Bible. If you really want to know how to deal with people and, and how to pastor people, then the book of James is a great book to look at. And so in James 4 verses 1 and 2, the Bible says this. And let me just break down the scripture for you this morning. The first question that this is really why we're here this morning is, that, what causes fights and quarrels among you? And so somebody's going to say, yes, surely there is things that you are doing and you are doing, and that's, that is why it's causing fights and troubles and quarrels amongst us. But then James turns the scripture completely around just because, just quickly before you, you want to point the fig, a finger, he says this in the next verse, he says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? So the word of God is clearly saying here to us, family, we are not to point fingers at other people, but we are going to look on the inside. It is things that we are battling with. You see, if you've just gone through divorce, for example, and you see everything through the eyes or the lenses of divorce, then if you're a woman, for example, every man is evil. Amen. And if you were to have a group, all you're going to be talking about is how evil men are. If you're a man, then you're going to be talking about every woman as a flirty. You guys know what that means? Okay. And so you look towards other things to justify yourself. Instead, dealing with it from within. It goes on then to say, you want something, but you don't get it. It is the biggest source of frustration. It is the biggest source of anger because you want something and you can't get it. Yeah, but surely they should just change. Can they not just change? And then they don't change. And the more you're trying to change them, they don't change. And you get aggravated, you get angry, and you get frustrated. And you say, this faith stuff doesn't work. <laughs> or the Bible doesn't work for me in this instance, Pastor Johnny. And then we justify it by doing the following. We kill and we covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. And then James brings it all together and he says, you were pointing fingers to those. You actually should be pointing fingers at yourself. And then you become angry and you can become frustrated. And then you start killing and coveting and doing all kinds of things that you should never do. And it's because of the last sentence there. You do not have because you do not ask God. And so family, people neglect or God is lost on the list many times when we have to deal with issues. I'm here to, to tell you today, if there's a person, there's a difficult person in your life that you have to deal with, then just hand them over to God. Just go to the Lord and pray for them and do something for them. Amen. Come on. And listen, let, let's just talk about what's happening in our country right now. As I said, we as a church, we're not going to just stand by and, oh, well, that's the way it's going to go. And I hope it's going to go better. It's not going to work. We've got to give the matter to God because we've got to ask God to intervene in this situation. And I'll talk about that a bit later. Amen. So let me give you five things. Five things that we need to look at on how, how to deal with difficult people. The first thing is. We've got to overlook the offense from them. 
overlook the offense from them. I know this is tough, but it works. But Pastor John, you don't know what I've gone through. You don't realize what they've done to me. You see, to overlook the offense is not for their benefit. It's yours. It's for you. And so we have to overlook the offense. Otherwise, you're always walking around and complaining and moaning about other people. And you're not free. And you need to be free in that area. You've got to overlook the offense. You see, I notice that people lately in the last, I would say the last two, three years, maybe even less than the last year, have become so thin-skinned and so hard-hearted. Instead of being thick-skinned and soft-hearted. You see, everything offends us. We're so sensitive. We're not strong in faith. Whenever these things come that we can stand. You see, this is now where your faith is being tested in these times. I'm not talking about that. Overlook the offense from them. People nowadays, not only can they not stand your viewpoint or your point of view, they can't even stand you. <laughs> come on now. I'm just being real here. So it's not a question of, well, I disagree with what you're saying, you know, brother. No, they, don't even, they, don't, they can't even stand you. But we have to overlook the offense. We have to overlook the offense from them. The Bible says clearly in Proverbs 10, love overlooks the wrongs that others do. You see, you might be driving in the car and, and someone just cuts in in front of you and he drives like a hooligan or whatever the case may be and he's all around there and uh, all of a sudden you just want to give him the, you know, the peel the banana. Holster that thing, you Christian. We never know what's going on in that person's life. Perhaps they just heard that their little one is in a hospital and, they, and they're racing to get there quickly. And I'm going to go with that, that I have to believe that, although it might not be true, but I'm just going to believe that for now. Amen. In the Proverbs 12 verse 16, the Bible says, when a fool is annoyed, he quickly lets it be known. You stink up the room. <laughs> not you guys, obviously. You know, I know that. But wise people will ignore an insult. It takes everything within your being to annoy, uh, sorry, <laughs> to ignore the insult. Amen, family? You see, that means that you have to overlook those that offend you. In Proverbs 19, a man's wisdom gives him patience. We have to have wisdom about these matters. And it is to his glory to overlook an offense it is to his glory because many people will say yeah, surely he could have he just could have blown it there gone off the handle there and maybe had a few choice words to respond but but he didn't he just he just didn't respond he just kept his cool kept his calm in the midst of that thing and the bible says it's to your glory to overlook that offense so because of that love looks past the behavior but to the pain in their lives. So we know that the behavior is just an outward manifestation of what they're perhaps going through. Like I said, perhaps they just received the worst news ever. 
Maybe they need to rush somewhere to get to a place so that they can be with a loved one. I'm going to believe that. So I'm going to overlook their offense because perhaps they're going through some pain. The second thing, the second bullet is, it doesn't get easier, so by the way, but, but I'm going to help you. I've got your heart. Is that okay still? I've got your heart. The second thing is, pray for them. And you might say, yes, Pastor Johnny, I'm going to pray for them. I pray a thousand fleas and face their armpits. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm asking you to pray for them. In Matthew 5, 43, the Bible says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and love and hate your enemy. Now, those were the rules of the day in the Roman days, in the days of Jesus. That was according to the Jewish law, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You hit me, I'm going to hit you back. You insult me, I'm going to insult you back and some more. But Jesus says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It is for your benefit that you have to pray for them. Can you just imagine the first thing, here's a counseling tip. If you ever come for counseling with me, so don't, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. First thing, say, it's her fault, it's his fault, it's this. Sit down. Won't you just pray for one another? And I think in the beginning they might say things like, Father, I can't believe that you blessed me with such a wicked woman, you know, and I just, you know, thank you for taking her out right now after this. But as they keep on praying, I have to believe that they will become softer and say, oh, thank you, Lord, at least for my wife. She makes me breakfast in the morning, makes the bed, looks after the house, the kids, everything else. And yes, thank you, Lord. Now and then he looks after the garden and cleans the car and all those kind of things. Pray for them. Father, I know these are people that are trying to destroy our country, trying to come against people to murder them. But I pray for them. Father, they do not know what they're doing. Therefore, I pray for them that they will have understanding, that they will have compassion in their hearts, that they will desist in the activities in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's for your benefit because it softens your heart. For you to pray for someone else, it softens your heart. My prayer for others may not change them, but it always changes me. Point number three. Here's a toughie. Forgive them. Forgive them. We are not talking about necessary reconciliation, but that you would just unilaterally forgive them. Just forgive them for what they've done. I don't know all the people that's perhaps doing all these evil things in our country right now, but I can forgive them. Have I met each and every one? Have I reconciled with them? No, but I can forgive them. And if we as a, as a force come together as a church, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Just imagine as a church what we can do as we forgive and the healing power that is within that. You might say it's not fair. I did nothing wrong. They did it to me. I'm the one that's been disenfranchised here. I'm the one that suffered the loss. It's not fair. But Jesus did it when he was on the cross. Even though he was crucified and people were spitting on him, mocking him. He said this in Luke 23, 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. You see, their minds are being blinded by the work of the devil. 
by the spirit of war, by the spirit of bloodshed. Father, forgive them. Family, we need to forgive. Forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. In Colossians 3 verse 13, the Bible goes on to say, you must make allowances for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. We're going to make allowances knowing that they're not going to stop after that time. You might forgive them and they do exactly the same thing 10 minutes later. And then you forgive them again and then they, but how many times, Pastor Johnny? Well, Jesus said 70 times 7 for the same offense, at least. Make allowance. Secondly, it goes on to say, remember, because the Lord forgave you. I don't know about you, but I'm sure. I've got your heart. Don't worry. I've got your heart. I'm sure in this week, maybe right now, I don't know. While you're sitting, you're sinning. <laughs> yeah, well, it's easy for you to say, forgive And you perhaps have done something wrong. And I believe that you went to the Lord and said, Lord, please forgive me. I've done wrong. Will you forgive me? Restore my relationship with you. So why don't you do the same? Why can't you do the same? Forgive them because you have been forgiven for much. Forgiving someone won't change the past but it can change your future. You see, Nelson Mandela was a man that was in prison for 27 years. I'm sure in 27 years, you can think of many things to do to other people. Hmm, let me write down, okay. I'm sure there were many things he could have planned. And then he reached the ultimate position of power in our country. And he could have just by an executive order have decreed certain things. That's it. I mean, surely 27 years, I'm entitled to have that. Surely people would say, okay, Nelson, we understand. But he didn't. He didn't. You see, he was not thin-skinned. And he didn't have a hard heart. And he realized the power of forgiveness and reconciliation. And that is his dream of our nation, of our country. Instead, he chose to forgive and to reconcile the people of this nation. Number four, bless them. Oh, Pastor Johnny, bless them. Yes, I've got a couple of choice words. Bless them means to say, I love you, I appreciate you, bless you, may you increase beyond it. But Pastor Johnny, they did something to me. I can't pray for somebody to be blessed and to go beyond me and to even excel. They must suffer. No blessings, suffering. You guys need to take note of that one. Write that one down. To write that one down. You know, because note takers go to heaven. I'm serious. <laughs> to bless is to speak well of others. I bless you. 
I declare that you increase, that your business increases. Whatever you touches, it prospers. I speak life over you. I speak goodness over you. I know that you're perhaps a bad person, but I believe that God has got a plan and a purpose for you. I just bless you. I just want to have good things happen to you. Good things, not bad things. Everything that the Lord describes in his word, I bless you with that in Jesus' name. To bless is to speak well, because you've got to watch your words. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. In Luke 6, 27, the Bible says, But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. And tonight, we as a church, we're going to take authority. We're going to take a stand. I'll talk about that a bit later. As we unite together in prayer and as one voice, we're going to bless this nation. This is my country. God bless South Africa. Amen, family. We're going to stand together as we intercede tonight, but I'll talk about that a bit later. Amen. Pray for those who mistreat you. In 1 Peter 3 verse 9, do not do wrong to repay a wrong. And do not insult to repay an insult. But repay with a blessing because you yourselves were called to do this so that you might receive a blessing. You see, family, when you speak, when you bless, your words not only makes a sound, but it also goes forth into the spiritual realm and it affects and attacks the spiritual forces that's trying to come against you. You see, your, your voice makes a sound and it penetrates within the spirit realm. And what you say is what you will have. And so we are, good, we are to bless our nation. We are to bless people. Speak good over them. We as a church, we do not speak bad about other churches. We do not speak bad about political parties. We do not speak bad about individuals. We might want to, but we choose not to. Because where will the change come from if not from you? Who's going to change? Who's going to do it? Amen? I've got your heart. You guys still okay out there? I, said, I know this is a tough message, but this is going to help us. Amen? We create our world with our words. What is the world that you want to live in today? Create it with your words. Speak blessing over it. Look for small things to rejoice about. Every day I'm just so grateful that I live in this country. I'm grateful and I'm blessed that as the mornings that I get up, especially in Gauteng where I live, is that uh, it's such a beautiful, every morning is a beautiful day. Even though it's cold, it's a beautiful day. You could come here today, worship freely. It's a beautiful day. Amen. Bless them. Speak well of them. Number five. This is the last one. This is, a, this is a difficult one as well. Do good to them. Do good to them. So I want you now to take it to that. You, you can't say, Pastor, I'll do the first four, but I mean the fifth one, that's pushing it a little bit now. Come on. Do good to them. And maybe that person is sitting next to you today. Don't, don't bump them right now. Don't bump them. Come on. But maybe take them for a nice coffee, that polar coffee. 
or to the waffler or whatever the case may be just sit them down do good to them because the bible says that we must heap coals <laughs> have, you, have, you, have, you, have you ever seen somebody that's in a situation where you talk to them and you're being super nice to them and you really want to reconcile them and you've forgiven them that they get uncomfortable? It's like they're like, you it's like a hot in here. Is there not a window we can open or something? Huh? It's like heaping coals on their head. They feel the heat. <laughs> and the more sweeter you are, the more coals you're heaping. It's like, whoo, it's really hot here. Take my jacket off. Do good to them. Romans 12 says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Here it comes. Do not take revenge, my friends. Because revenge belongs to the Lord. God is sovereign family. You cannot take control out of his hands. You cannot be the beat master or the person that's going to attack someone. Revenge is the Lord's. Our job is to forgive and to reconcile. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. In other words, my version of that is take him to the waffler for a coffee. Take him to Paula coffee for an, another coffee. Do good. Take them for lunch. Reconcile your relationship. It's most of the time it's miscommunication that causes misunderstanding. Come on. Somewhere there's got to be a light in this world. Can we make a difference? Can you make a difference? Surely somewhere there's got to be a group of people in this world, the Christians of this nation, that are standing out, that are being set apart, that are different in how they handle conflict. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Because freely you have received, freely give. You see, family, it's impossible to do. It's impossible for you to do this unless you have been forgiven. If you can't forgive other people, it's difficult for you to forgive. And if you have not made right with God even, if you're far away from the Lord, there's issues that are holding you back every day. If you have not been forgiven, you cannot forgive. It's difficult. It's tough. And this morning, I want you to know that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And He is over looking what is happening he's overseeing your life there's my boy there's my girl so proud of them they forgave they're willing to let go he is doing it he is overlooking the sins in your life secondly jesus is at the right hand of the father right now and he's praying for you Father, I pray for them. I'm praying for them. Because I know they're going through difficult times. That is my job now. I'm the intercessor. I'm making intercession for them at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus is speaking well of you. Always. Father, look at them. Wow. 
They're overcoming in this area. They're speaking blessings. They're speaking the word of God. I'm so proud of them. Jesus never stops forgiving you. He never stops forgiving you. You see, you can just go to the word according to 1 John 1 verse 9. If you repent and ask for forgiveness, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive you of all your iniquities and sins and unrighteousness. You are at the end of receiving good from the Lord. So why don't you do the same? Because freely you have received. Freely give today. Amen, family? I know this is hard. I don't deserve this. I have the pleasure of standing up here preaching this word. I know I don't deserve this. It's by His grace. Every day, He gives me the greatest commodity to do what I'm doing. His grace. And without that, I can't. You see, I know me. I know me. And yet, He bestows grace. Father, he's doing it. Father, I'm praying for him. I'm overlooking. I've got good store up for him. I just want to bless him. But because I've received from him, God gives me the capacity to forgive. He gives me the capacity to forgive. Freely I have received. Now freely I can give. I have the capacity in Jesus' name. You see, because the forgiven forgive. Those that have been forgiven, they forgive. And to do this, family, you need to have an encounter with God. You need to have an encounter with God. I cannot create an encounter for you with God. You have to have that encounter. And when you have that encounter, then freely you have received and freely you can give. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.